Hey guys, it's your girl Etta, also known as the CEO paralegal, author, legal consultant, legal educator, and of course, your host of the Let's Talk Paralegal podcast. Join in on the fun by downloading, subscribing, and sharing our content. You can also take your support further by hitting the coin icon on the Let's Talk Paralegal website, where as a thank you, we will provide you with exclusive content, news, and maybe even some swag. So what are you waiting for? Hit pause and share your support now. I have been working in the legal industry for over 20 years now. There probably isn't anything I haven't seen yet, especially when I began to provide legal investigative services. Often, when I tell people that I'm a paralegal by trait, most people are left with a blank face. So, I find myself having to explain to them what a paralegal is. However, since the 1960s, when the paralegal rule was created, a lot has changed. Listen in for more. Need an extra set of hands for a case that requires a little more investigation work? Check out our proud sponsor of Season 3, Affirm Investigative Solutions, where you get the tailored and personal care for your case when you need it most. With over 10 years of experience, Affirm Investigative Solutions makes the process easy. Set up a call, develop a plan, and then execute that plan. Affirm Investigative Solutions, the litigation partner that has your back. Hey guys, it's your girl Etta with the Let's Talk Paralegal podcast. And today we're going to talk about what's a paralegal. You know, I've uh, been a paralegal for 20 years and I always get this, you know, question sometimes. A lot of people don't understand where paralegals, uh, like what their place is in the legal industry if they're not within the legal industry. And then some paralegals just don't understand well, really, what is this all about? What am I supposed to be doing versus what I'm not supposed to be doing? And, you know, the short answer to that is it really depends, right? Just like anything else in the legal industry, it depends on the type of law firm, the dynamic, how many people are in there, um, staff members, you know, all the good stuff. So I'm going to start you back into the 1960s. Yep, I said that, 1960s. Uh, That's when the paralegal role was actually created. And the paralegal role was created to provide attorneys more time to be attorneys and to lessen the administrative daily tasks and to really let them focus on their strategies, on their cases, and to just really litigate those types of cases and really, you know, be an attorney, right, in general. So this kind of, in the late 1960s, the Congress came in, law firms, you know, American Bar Association, you name it, they began these efforts to increase the access to legal services and to reduce poverty in the U.S. Because of the increased demand of the various socioeconomic um, Americans, they were needing legal support just because it was just such a high demand back in the day. There were so many disputes that attorneys were just not really able to, you know, keep up with it. So the American Bar Association, Congress, everybody basically created these efforts and they started training up non-lawyers with more complex complex tasks to keep up with the demand, right? So they started giving them more work, basically. And in most jurisdictions, they labeled these new roles, quote unquote, as a legal assistant or a paralegal. So obviously, depending on the jurisdiction. And again, this is back in the 1960s. 
So the American Bar Association went ahead and became the leaders of this new trend um, and training these non-lawyers. So that happened in 1967 when they created the ethic guidelines and basically, you know, all the things that non-lawyers are going to need to know in order to not cross that line of being a lawyer. So that was in 1967. In 1971, the American Bar Association took it further and created organizations for non-lawyers, which is what we now know as the NALAs of the world and the NFRP associations, which were granted these powers officially in 1975. And obviously that's where these optional certification programs began, right? Where the these non-lawyers were able to go to school, get their certifications, but yet not be certified or be certified, depending on what it was, which led into our programs, which actually happened right before the certification testing, um, which was 1973. So that was... In 1973, there was only 31 programs of the certification programs just to get a certificate. Then in the 1980s, it became the 31 became 250. And then today, obviously, there's more than thousands of programs. Some of them are ABA approved. Some of them are not. Some of them are independently owned. Some of them are not. Some of them are within a university. Some of them are not. So we have a lot more choices as non-lawyers to get these types of certifications, depending on what we want these type of certifications to be. However, the growth of the paralegal role, even though I gave you a speed round, um, wasn't really shaped by these associations. They were not shaped by the NALAs of the world or the NFRPs or the American Bar Associations or lawyers themselves. To be honest with you, they were shaped by the clients because who creates demand in our legal industry is our clients. So the clients were the ones that created this demand and this growth um, in general. However, what slowed down the growth is like anything else are the laws, right? The laws haven't caught up to our societal norms and have prevented the paralegal role from taking its full-fledged shape, right? What it's supposed to be um, by this point. Just to give you a perspective, in 1986, which was the glorious year that your one and only Eta Rosa was born, um, the American Bar Association officially defined this role as a legal assistant. That was 36 years ago. Yep, I just gave my age. But yeah, that was 36 years ago. Guys, we're talking about almost four decades ago that this actual role was defined. But then here's the kicker. In 2020, our great uh, 2020 pandemic, we actually um, developed and expedited the inevitable, right? Which is where all these limited licensing uh, organizations came and the laws came on the plate and, and lawmakers tables and freelancing and contracting and all these types of services. But along with 2020 came a beautiful thing where we got... The paralegal role was separately defined from the legal assistant role with the American bar. And on top of that, we got a national paralegal uh, day. And that day separated us from the administrative day, right? So we officially got our own day, our own role in its essence and in its life. However, it also creates a mountain, right? Of mountain of disputes, of unaware, of gray lines. Um, paralegals are always looking for more, 
but they are not wanting to be in the law degree realm, right? They don't want to go for that law degree. So these mountains that were created because of the pandemic, because it was expedited, um, unfortunately, is quite a big mountain to climb. So with limited licensing, a lot of states have already taken and moving forward on these limited licensings. And we'll definitely have a lot more on that on a separate episode, which I am planning on to have to use soon. Um, We also created that freelance contractual paralegal role, which Honestly, I started in 2017 doing those services. So the services were around before the pandemic, but they were fully, I guess, accepted by the legal community because, to be honest, they had no choice um, in 2020. So it was a lot easier for us freelancers and contract paralegals out there to contract our services as a 1099 versus a W-2 and to create our own businesses and paralegal firms and you name it. You know, it just became a lot easier when it became mandatory to outsource your services if need be. And of course, that grew from the remote work, right? So in essence, a paralegal is a chameleon role. It can take on anything, basically, which is what these limited licensing programs have proven, that a seasoned paralegal or a well-rounded, well-educated paralegal uh, can serve and do a lot more for its legal community than just scratching off to-do lists for an attorney. So where are we headed, right? Well, according to our legal trends, ABA journals, surveys, census, all this good stuff, the paralegal uh, role is only going to grow, you know, and all these talks about AI and remote attorneys and robot attorneys and robot paralegals and computers taking over the world. Yes, of course, just like anything else, computers have their place. Uh, AI has its place. Legal technologies has its place. So does paralegals and attorneys. We're not going anywhere because unfortunately you can only train a computer to do so much. And um, they don't have one thing that we do, which prove me wrong if they do, is emotional intelligence. And sometimes with these complex cases, we uh, it's not only about digging the facts, it's about really reading the person and understanding really what this case is about and the variety and the variables involved in these types of cases. And most of these cases, attorneys are trained to handle. So, you know, it's not that we're taking over the world, which we kind of are. I mean, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to shed some light into that. I have sat in tables that um, many paralegals haven't, and I'm pretty proud of that. But, you know, it's such a diversified future for the legal community. It's truly going to be limitless, which is why I named my event uh, Limitless Paralegal, because there's going to be so much more to the paralegal role coming forward. Um, And of course, you guys will learn more about these limited licensings and these other options that paralegals now have um, later on uh, this season. Hopefully I get it on for this season. So I'm working on that for you. Uh, But yeah, so there is no straight answer as to what a paralegal can do because we are truly limitless. And with that, I will leave you to it until justice is served. I'll be here. Do you see decline in productivity, lack of motivation, or even high turnover at the law firm? This is probably because there is a lack of tools and training. Maybe you are seeking to enhance your skills and knowledge. Look no further than Ed Rosa LLC, 
your premier provider of law firm staff training services and legal education for all legal professionals. At Eta Rosa LLC, we understand the importance of continuous learning in the legal field. That's why we offer comprehensive training programs designed to empower your team with the latest legal insights and strategies. Eta Rosa speaks both lawyer and paralegal, which provides her with the edge you need to get your staff where they need to be. Whether you are looking to sharpen your skills, stay up to date on industry trends, Eta Rosa LLC has the resources you need to succeed. Our flexible training programs can be customized to fit your firm's unique needs and schedule, ensuring minimal disruption to your day-to-day -day operations. Say goodbye to outdated training methods and hello to cutting edge legal education with Eta Rosa LLC. Contact us today to learn more about how we can help you and your firm thrive in today's ever-changing legal landscape. Click the link below and schedule your 15-minute chat today.